This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Most of us have done a lot less of the following lately, and that's travel, particularly international travel. But as the skies of the world open back up, our guest today, Joe Cortez, editor-in-chief of Flyer Talk, challenges us to think not just about where we should go, but the purpose, the purpose of our travel, adventure, sports, history, simply to relax, group travel, mission travel. Maybe it's just party travel. And if we start thinking about that first, and not just the best deal on a flight or a hotel, our trips might just take on a whole new meaning. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Joe Cortez, the travel master, we're gonna talk about purpose around travel today. Maybe we get started here with, uh, I worked for a lot of years with, and still do, with a, uh, a gentleman named Clark Howard yes. uh, out of Atlanta, who made a name for himself early on. He had travel agencies and he sold them, kind of retired early, and then started talking about travel deals and got very well known around travel. And in fact, I'm terrible about travel for some reason. I'm okay. I, it, when I, I, I shudder at having to get plane tickets. I always sure. wait to the last minute. I never know what airports to go on, how to be a good traveler. I've traveled a lot in 2021 okay. for the first time. And I've never had a job where I've had to travel. So I've traveled a bunch this past year. And I was just thinking too with another podcast guest, I had started having kids. So my wife and I went to Italy for, I want to say, ooh, maybe it was a fifth anniversary or it could have been a 30th birthday. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's right. It was Lynn's 30th birthday and it was a big trip to Italy. We went to the Portofino, I remember well. It was a place I, I really, it stands out and I loved. But we haven't really been back because then we started, we had started having kids and then more kids and then we built a house and then it felt like, and then all of a sudden COVID came and we've done zero international travel. So I just wanted to ask you, first of all, how did you get into the travel? Was it, were you in the travel business? Were you just an avid traveler? How'd you get started? The travel has always been a passion of mine since uh, as long as I can remember. I believe it was Da Vinci that said, "Once man, uh, once man learns to fly, he will uh, always look upward, for that's where he's been and that's where he will long to be." And in that spirit, I've learned to love aviation in a very special way and respect the fact that we have the unique ability for one of the first times in history to see the world in these incredible machines 
that would that reduce what would have been a multi-week trip down to hours at a time and it's such a lovely lovely thing and uh you know through lens through travel we learn not only more about ourselves but about the world around us and see culture through a completely different perspective and for those reasons i have absolutely adored travel and it has become uh, something that I've become very passionate about and very lucky to turn into a career. Well, how did you turn it into a career? So you start writing about it and then you started writing about the nuances of traveling in a smart financial way. So let's start with that part of it. Well, I mean, I, I like many things in my life, I fell into it backwards and you'll have that, I suppose. My, uh, my original work was in journalism, uh, working in radio and television before. Yeah, you have a, you have a good radio well, voice. Thank you. It's, it's something I've honed over the years. It's a good podcast voice, uh, too. You'll have that. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know. ultimately, I got tired of chasing ambulances. I got tired of chasing celebrities. So I went into marketing and ultimately found myself at a travel insurance company. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we began working with that travel insurance company, there was a lot of great content about out there about aspirational travel. How, where do you want to go? How do you want to see things? Here are these five-star resorts you can't miss. But there was no practical advice about why, about how to be a better traveler, how to be a smarter traveler, and how to protect yourself while you were traveling abroad. Mm -hmm. uh, working with that really sprung my career into a much broader field where we can talk about uh, airline products, uh, points and miles, and the different ways to effectively subsidize your travels with the everyday spending you're already doing. Well, let's talk about it. So did yeah. you, did, w w when did you know you were going to start uh, or, or let's talk about Flyer Talk. Yes. When did you start? What did you? What were the first few things you were writing about for Flyer Talk? A lot of my start. My start with Flyer Talk seven years. I, I can't believe it's been seven years now. Uh, my lot in my first work with Flyer Talk was primarily news, uh, industry news. What's changing? How are products changing? And over time, that's evolved. In the last seven years, we've seen uh, a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Uh, just in this last year alone, JetBlue and American entered the Northeast Alliance to offer to offer more opportunities for. Uh, flyers in Boston, New York, uh, the entire Northeast corridor to see to seamlessly see more of the world. Uh, and what was an industry uh, where people were were buying cheap plane tickets just for the miles and and opening multiple credit cards to to max out their points has rapidly changed. How has it changed? That's interesting. It, I think the biggest change we've seen is that airlines have gotten smarter to those consumers that are gaming the system. And the biggest thing, uh, and they've changed their programs around a lot so that it's not just, okay, I can buy this cheap ticket and go across the country 10 times and earn loyal and earn gold status or diamond status with my airline. Now you have to spend a certain amount of money mm -hmm. uh, with that airline to earn that status, or you have to hold a credit card with them and spend uh, upwards of 10, 15, $20,000 on that credit card per year in order to get a waiver to get out to get out of that uh, out of that system. So, Joe, let me ask you this. I, you know, again, not I've never Please. been a big travel, a business travel okay. person, so I never even moved the meter on the <laughs> the statuses. Like, sure, I never even got close to like they wouldn't if there was a tin. I wouldn't even have been to tin <laughs> status. And then this year, I've been flying a whole lot. And I'm, I'm getting I'm getting closer and I'm looking at my Delta thing because I'm Atlanta. So yeah, that's the hub. And and I trust Delta and I like Delta. So I've done mostly Delta. I actually got here in JetBlue. OK, uh, but my 
which was which was actually a good, really inexpensive relative to Delta, by the way. Right. And a relatively good experience. But my, what is it about the statuses? Like, what is it that we get competitive? Like, I find myself thinking, oh, it'd be great to get to silver, and then I was like, I'd like to get to gold. And what does it mean? I've never been in platinum, <laughs> but but. Practically, what the heck does that really mean? How? What are the perks and benefits, and what is what does it really matter? It, well, for for most travelers, it doesn't. Let Let's be completely honest about it. For for most travelers who are just simply trying to see the world and 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 casually go places they want to go in America, in America, it, it genuinely doesn't matter. You, the only things, really good things, that come with the benefits are up, occasional upgrade every once in a while. But de- again, depending where you're at, yeah. it can be very difficult. You're in Atlanta, even if you did have, let's say, a platinum status, which is the mid tier on Delta you would probably not get as many upgrades as you think because you're competing with a lot of other people Mm. flying out of that hub on that same airline who might have a little bit more status or seniority than you. Um, you know, I think so. What is, what is it? Silver, gold, platinum? Uh, but it depends on it depends on the airline. Basically, okay. you know, there, there's usually four tiers. Uh, you know, 25, 50, 75, and 100,000 miles plus or minus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest allure to them is just. Is that special feeling we get knowing that we've achieved something? Dude, we, gen- uh, that's just genius. It's genius marketing, really. It's amazing marketing because it. I every time I look at the app and I, I look at the upper right hand corner and it shows the status and I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to get to the next level. It's like for what? You're right. In Atlanta, there's so many. It's such a Delta hub. Like you could be double diamond platinum <laughs> and you're still not going to get an upgrade for the most part because for- again you're competing with so many other flyers Amazing. and you know and there are other secret things that they throw in too to uh, to encourage you to do more like for instance if you have the right delta credit card you you get priority so if you're a double secret platinum and you're and you there's another double secret platinum and they have the credit card and you don't they're going to get the upgrade because they have the slight priority the slight advantage over you I'd love to see that algorithm but again to your point practically speaking it's really about upgrades. That's that's really that's really the biggest thing. You know, check bags are so easy to get anymore if you hold the right credit card. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily a bit as big of a deal. Uh, lounge access, there are easy, there are ways to get it. There are ways to to have that experience when you're at the airport. The sky clubs, of, the sky clubs, uh, etc. I mean, you know, you can. It's gotten to the point now where you, if you have enough airline miles, you can buy a day pass using your airline miles. You know, it's is it a great use of, of miles? It depends on how many you collect every year and what you plan on using them for. So when we look at when I look at status, you would have to subsidize a lot of your travel through business travel or, or just be a heavy flyer overall mm-hmm. in order for that to make fiscal sense for you. Is there anything in any airline that does really move the meter? Is there anything left? You'd, you'd mentioned that customer, consumers got pretty smart and started gaming, almost gaming the systems. And is there any really good perk left? For the cat, well, it really all depends on what city you're based out of and what airlines serve you. If you're lucky enough to live in a southwest uh, city served by Southwest Airlines, I think that the best perk out there is the companion pass. Mm-hmm. You can earn it. What does af- that tell tell our audience what that so, is? So the companion pass you earn after gaining 110,000 miles 
in a calendar year. And the crazy thing about it is it doesn't have to be airline miles. They just count the number of miles you get. And if you hit that 110,000 number through credit card spending and a combination of flying and other metrics, you you get awarded the companion pass into the next year. And what that does, it's basically a buy one, get one pass for, for you for the rest of the year. So you get to pick one person that you can fly with, that you can fly with, and when you buy a ticket, you can buy a second ticket for them for only the cost of taxes and fees. Wow. So so it is really, and Southwest really is the most affordable airline. Right? Uh, not or, Again, it depends on what market you're in. It depends on what city you're in. In some cities, uh, other airlines like JetBlue, mm-hmm. like Spirit, like Frontier may be cheaper. But it all comes down to what kind of experience do you want when you're traveling. So relative, so you've got the, the, the ultra budget traveler. I just want to get there. And then you have the boot bougie traveler <laughs> who wants to be in a big nice seat and uh, first class and right. you know champagne what, out of the glass yeah what kind of you where are you on the spectrum you know i've done I, i've done a little bit of everything i've flown klm's incredible 787 uh the the flat the lie flat bed to mm-hmm. amsterdam i've flown spirit airlines out of orlando to get back home and i've gotten to the point where I have a respect for all these different products. Interesting. And, and you know, and, and the customers that they serve. That's cool. uh, a long time ago, when I did fly Spirit, I wrote a love letter to them on Flyer Talk. <laughs> and, I, and I said, you know, and what I said was, I appreciate the customer that you're serving. And flying you has given me more of an appreciation for our legacy carriers. Sure, they're not what you, they used to be. You no longer get a meal. And, you know, get, even getting a soda can be difficult at times but they offer a alternative and a little bit better product comparatively. So thank you Spirit Airlines for reminding me why why I'm paying more for an experience. <laughs> oh, did they love that or you know I, I have a lot of respect for Spirit Airlines. We have a very we have a very good relationship and you know Spirit Airlines is not a bad carrier. They they do a very good job of getting you from point A to point B, sure. which at the end of the day that's what it, we want. that is what we want. We want to get to our destination safely and Spirit has one of the best safety records despite having one of the smallest uh, seat sizes. They have one of the best safety records in the country so i you know i have a deep respect for them and what they do and the kind of carrier they serve and more importantly they give access to a to a line of customer that would have never had access to flight prior to them another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe, why is it that travel impacts our happiness? There, you know, there's a lot of research that has been done about how travel impacts our happiness. You know, I'm looking at going back to a 2016 study by a team of European researchers. They looked at a group of, of travelers, one that stayed home and one that uh, traveled for a period of time. What they found was uh, those who did travel ultimately had better sleep, were more engaged in in physical and social activities, and had a better overall sense of well-being about themselves and the worlds around them, as opposed to those who did less travels. There's a lot of documented studies that show that 
when we travel, when we get out, when we experience the world, we learn about ourselves and it gives us a, a better understanding of our own well-being and, and self-care. And I think there's a lot to be said for self-care through the travel experience. And it gets us to out of our bubble. And I think, and again, I've been very light, particularly internationally. Again, I, I guess I haven't done international travel since... It, well, maybe if you count, I did go to Vancouver, Canada. So I, I love can Canada. Count, I, I think I can count that. You can count that. But, we'll give it to you. But, you know, again, I haven't been to Europe for since Lynn's 30th birthday, which <laughs> is a long time ago. And and I think, and I even, I lived in Spain for six months when I was in college. I went to London a couple of times as a kid. My godfather lived in Stockholm. I visited him in Stockholm yep. two separate times. And I do go back to that and draw on that a lot And as I've gotten older. And I think about those experiences. I think about what I learned. I think about how it was is in my makeup of seeing other cultures and how other people live. So it really is a nice reminder. As much as I love, it's funny, I have a podcast. I, I don't know if it's a podcast or a Money Matters listener, who, which is my radio show. And I've never talked about this on the show or the podcast, but... He, I had some, I said something about because I had been traveling a bunch. Yeah. And I said something about how much I loved coming back to Atlanta. And I would land and I would come back to the city and and Hartsfield is not that far from the city and I remember I would always drive in and think, "Wow, I love so glad to be back in Atlanta. <laughs> Such a great city." And he went on a tirade about how awful Atlanta was. And he would just say, I've lived in this place for 25 years. The crime is awful. The taxes are terrible. The government here is awful. And he goes, I, th I can't, can't believe you would talk so highly about the city of Atlanta. And, it, and, it, and again, it, it kind of went back and forth. And it almost was such a ridiculous letter that I didn't even answer. And then he kept writing me, well, if you're going to continue to talk about Atlanta in that way... <laughs> Uh, and then I finally said, look, I, I, I did respond eventually. I said, look, I, 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 I will agree to disagree. I think it's a great city. But my point of that is that I've enjoyed my city so much in the last 15 years that I don't necessarily have the bug to go elsewhere. I really right. am. I love where I am. But, but as I've done a couple podcasts where we've talked a little bit about travel, it's reminding me of just how important it might be to get back sure. out there and, and have my kids travel. So I think it's, it's a worthy, a very important point. What are some re so once you start thinking about travel, it can get overwhelming because there's so yeah. many amazing places to go to. If you were to start from scratch, tell our audience a little bit about your kind of unique insight on where would you go find if you wanted to whittle down as opposed to taking the globe, spinning it and landing your finger in a place. We're going to go here, kids. Give me a resource. <laughs> I think really the first, charity always begins at home, as you are well aware. And the first thing that people really need to start taking stock of is what do I want to learn? What do I want out of my travel experience? So the purpose. What What is the purpose of my travel? And, and I find travel to be a very intimate experience because it's deeply personal. What you get out of it is, is something that you will always carry with you. And, and more, most importantly, it is something that the value of it, you can quantify the numbers, you can quantify the, the actual value of the hotel you stayed at and the, air, and the airline you flew, but you can't quantify the memories 
that you have and you take with you as you go. So the first question I would always ask somebody is, what is your purpose? What do you want from your travel? What do you want to learn something? Do you want to experience a new culture? What are your what are your overarching goals? What kind of memories do you want to create? Okay, so let's say I figure that out. Okay. Where do I go? Well, then it's a, just a matter of planning. It's a matter of figuring out how do I want to travel? What's the best possible way for me to travel? And, you know, how do I get there in the most efficient way possible? You know, I think the biggest mistake people go to is they go to uh, the you know, online uh, online travel agencies like Expedia, like Priceline, and they, st- and they start simply looking for price. Mm-hmm. And while there's nothing wrong with that, the, the question then becomes, you know, is this is the quality of service I'm getting commiserate with the price I'm paying? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the best things that people can do is research, re- uh, read for, uh, forums like Flyer Talk, uh, and understand, you know, get other people's perspectives on how they travel there, how they were able to find deals, and how they were able to kind of figure out what, you know, now that I have a purpose, what is my budget and what's the most efficient way to get there? Let's go through so, so those, those purposes. So, but what first comes to mind would be the adventure. So yeah. I love okay. the adventure. Everyone loves the adventure. Yeah. Uh, adventure that I would say maybe the, the adventure would be one, maybe what would you call one that would just be luxury slack? What's a just straight up relaxation? I mean, it's, it's, I get, I suppose just vacation. I mean, in the most simple terms, uh, the luxury vacation, luxury vacation, the, sure. luxury pampering vacation. Then you've got, let's say, adventure, luxury. What about like, let's say, group travel, where you go with a, a bunch of people to Italy? What would you call that? Group, I, group travel. The group travel. You know, and there's a lot of great ways and great places to find group travel. There's a lot of great tour agencies. Uh, Rudy Maxa, Rick Steves both have their own group travel. Where Rudy Maxa and Ru- Rick Steves. Yeah. I know Rick Steves. Yeah, but I don't know Rudy. Rudy's a great. Rudy's a great guy. He was a former Washington Post investigative journalist before going into travel with National Geographic incredible resources him and i worked together uh for a time and i've learned a lot from him. anyways but he he runs a tour organization now where he will take you and travel and, and show you travel with you in the footsteps of some of his shows that he produced for pbs oh cool alumni organizations do a lot of travel over uh, across the uh the the country and around the world uh they will constantly organize tours they will organize cruises for their alumni so if you're looking for you know to connect reconnect with people that you have a shared experience with that's a great place to look for group travel opportunities so that's almost your a charitable or mission-oriented travel too sure well there's a little bit of that too absolutely you know churches always are looking for mission missionaries to go on mission trips to to build and spread the good word and then there are educational tour companies uh that organize trips to uh, some places that uh, are purely for person-to-person experiences and understanding. Cuba is one of the top tourist mm. destinations for these educational travel companies because it's so close and yet it's so cut off from our culture and the and it's and it's the world around it for that matter. We, have you ever been to Cuba, by the way? I have not. It's are on you, my list. It is on your list? Yes, it is. Uh, do you... Where have you been in the U.S. slash Europe or Asia that you that's just phenomenal and interesting to you? And what's your purpose, by the way? My, what's, what's what's the Joe Cortez purpose of travel? 
the Joe Cortez purpose of travel is always to learn, always to experience and effectively understand the uh, this you the shared human experience through the lens of another culture and another uh, and another way of life. I think the most transformational trip that I've taken in in time was when I went back to Germany. I, in high school, I was an exchange student. I stayed with a the family there and, uh, you know, there were lovely people, but over time, we just lost touch as you do. Uh, 13 years later, the right opportunity came up. There was a great airfare sale to Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, I used hotel points to score a, basically a free hotel for the entire week I was there and use that savings to rent a car and drive two and a half hours out of Munich into the Bayerwald and, uh, and, and just literally knock on their door and show up and reconnect with them. And that experience was so cathartic and so closing for me to be able to come back, uh, you know, as as a grown adult and mm -hmm. share that share a new set of experiences with them, uh, that was very transformational for me. That's something that I will cherish for the rest of my life. That's amazing. Uh, what about the? How about in, how about U.S. travel? What's your favorite surprise to the upside place? So, this may come as a bit of a shock, but one of my favorite places to go is Niagara Falls. Oh, uh, and, and, and is that Buffalo or that, that is, right uh, outside of Buffalo? That is just north of Buffalo. Yeah. You know, if you fly into Buffalo, it's it's literally about 20 minute drive out to the falls. And, and here's what I appreciate about the falls. You know, there are sure there is the falls and there is the tourist area and, the, and they have a casino there. And that's great. But if you drive just due east along the river, mm -hmm. you will find a whole host of agriculture wineries uh you'll find a lot of of new of craft breweries that are blooming in this area believe it or not the niagara the buffalo niagara region is an incredible area for wine for winemaking um you know and it's the, always we have the mist of the falls it's it's the mist of the falls it's the the red clay and the dirt that they have there and it's the unique culture the unique uh, the climate that they have on the canadian side they actually have what uh, a, a uh, what's called an ice wine where they grow the they, they grow the grapes in order to get ripe in the height of winter and when the grapes are frozen at a certain temperature they will go out harvest and crush the grapes uh, as, they're as they're frozen what that does is creates a much more uh rich uh, juice that comes out of it, a much more concentrated juice that is very, that is very, very sweet. Uh, and what you have is a very fine dessert wine that can literally go with anything. Mm. I like. I, are you a craft brewery guy? I am a little bit. Yes. You are okay. You're gonna go to a craft brewery here in Austin. I would like to. I, I would like to see. I mean, I've had a little sampling of, of what they have here, but I'm hoping to get out tonight and uh, see what else they have out here. I think Austin should have plenty. I again, I don't know about <laughs> the craft brew world here, but I'm sure it's here. I'm sure it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How does our travel change as as we grow older? As we grow older, our travel needs change. 
our travel directions change and the way we travel ultimately changes at the end of the day. Uh, you know, when we're when we're younger, we generally speaking, we travel for uh, develop for self-development, self-discovery, self-enhancement. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. as we grow older, our travels tend to change. We're not we're not necessarily although we're still doing that, we're still doing self-discovery. We're not necessarily going making the, the grand adventures that we once were in our youth, our 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 travels change. So where we're being more nostalgic, we generally speaking, get more um, engaged with memories and ideas and places that we have been because there's a little there's a lot more uh, of that to be had you know once you've seen everything you know you go back to the places that you love because they spark a memory or an idea here's a category you forgot about okay and here's yet another reason i have this is i was i've been planning to go to europe because i have a golf trip okay plan to go to Manchester, the Manchester UK region yes. and Southport and Royal Liverpool and Royal Birkdale and all those courses along the coast. Oh, yes. And your Liverpool, Royal Liverpool. So I, I and that was planned, I guess, right. It was it was in COVID. So we postponed it, postponed it a second time. Six months later, we thought COVID would be over. The UK was a little more shut down. And now we postponed it again. So that might be my first trip outside of the country. In a, in a very long time, but are you golf trip? That's a category. That is sports, that is, uh, sports travel, sports, sports travel, travel as a whole is a category, and it's not just limited to golf. Yeah, triathlons, uh, tri marathons, skiing. Ski, oh, ski trips are my favorite. Ski trip. You know, who who doesn't love going to Vail? You know, or Mammoth Mountain, been, California. I've never been to, to uh, Vail, but I'd love to. I'm, I'm, I love to snowboard, so I love Park yeah. City. I love Park City. Utah. Park City, uh, Salt Lake. Salt great, Lake, great destination, you know, but there's all, but there's also other kinds of travel. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who go to advent for adventure travel that go, uh, will go rock climbing. We'll go mountain climbing. There's a lot of great, uh, great mountains in the world. K2 Kilimanjaro. And then of course there's a running with the bulls, which I've never done, but you know, it looks like a something. It's a, it's an event I've told. Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking about doing it? I would love to do that. I'd love to go back to Sevilla and then the running of the bulls is, and I guess it's in what? Pampelona? Where, yes. Where? Pampeloma? Yes. Pampelona? Pampelona. Yes. Pampelona. Is it only there? Do they, I'm sure they do runnings of bulls in other cities. That is the most famous okay. of all, you know? I don't remember bulls running in Sevilla though. <laughs> I live near a bull state, like a, the Toro de Oro, which is a statue right next to a stadium where they had bullfights and. Uh, but that, it, and that is incredible. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, let's maybe wrap up here on as we, so we're coming out of COVID and, and I've been, I just told you that I've been kind of stuck out, I guess, locked out of being able to go to this trip to the UK. Where are we with the restrictions? Are we, are we restricting people coming in here? Are, are common destinations at any, are, are restricting anything right now for us? Because of COVID protocol? COVID, well, the Delta variant has created a massive shift. And unfortunately, what we were hoping to be the end of the pandemic is turning out to be the end of the beginning of the pandemic. And a lot of people, rightfully so, are very nervous and are booking less because of the fear of, of the Delta and ultimately the gamma variants of the virus. Uh, just recently, I mean, just last week, the United States announced they would uh, start restrict lifting restrictions on UK and international travelers from uh, th over 30 countries, including the Schengen region of the European Union. Uh, China, India, uh, South Africa, and uh, 
and right now, although the the European Commission has recommended member states take the United States off the safe travel list, there are still some places that are accepting U.S. travelers. We don't. I'm sorry. We're the European European Union is taking us off the restricted list, or saying we should let Americans back in. So the so so. The European Commission is is very funny. It's a very interesting governance body because because each nation is its own state, is its own independent state. They're allowed to make their own independent regulations. So there could be one for Europe and then one for each individual country is what you're saying. The European Commission has recommended their member nations, uh, everyone in the Euro, in the Eurozone, in the to take the United States off their safe travel list. Oh, off their safe travel, oh, meaning so, that, hey, you shouldn't that be letting in U.S. Right. That wow. being said, again, this is a state-by-state basis. Greece is still letting in American travelers. Uh, the Netherlands is allowing American travelers to come in, assuming that they can provide proof of a COVID vaccine. Uh, and, you know, and, I, and a handful of others are adjusting their regulations to allow for travelers to, re- to enter the European Union. It's going to be a very, a very precarious process. So the for best, a long time. For for a very long time, unfortunately. Do you guys uh, track that on Flyer Talk? Where we're allowed to go fly? There's a lot of people on the forums that are tracking that, and we and as everything updates, as everything changes, we're one of the first ones to publish those changes and help travelers understand. And our sister site, Voters uh, Travel, you can also get an what's it called? Voters. How do I sell? F O D O R S. Voters dot com. On our sister site, Voters uh, Travel, one of the oldest uh, guidebook publishers in the, in the country, uh, there's you can get a much more robust uh, idea of how to travel, where they're traveling, and how to figure out what regular you know what regulations you need to prepare for. The State Department uh, tra- at travel.state.gov also has an incredible resource where you can look up each individual nation that you want to go to and read up on their current entry procedures to Americans today. By the way, before I ask you one more question, are you wait, are you a golfer? Oh yeah, yeah. Where's oh, your yeah. favorite place to play golf? My my favorite place to play that golf. you have played golf. <laughs> but, that you have played. That I have played. That I have played golf at. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite course uh, is the one I grew up with in uh, in Royal Grande, California, Black Lake. It's a uh, it's a twenty seven hole course. Uh, so so you're never quite playing the same course twice. It's constantly challenging you, and uh, you know it's where it's where I learned to appreciate a good walk wasted. <laughs> Black Lake is the Black name? Lake Golf Yeah Golf Course and Golf Club in uh, Royal Grande, California. If you're ever on the central coast of California, it's uh, certainly something to, to to take in. And then your last question, uh, Joe, editor and chief of FlyerTalk.com. Where where is your favorite? place to travel whether it's us or europe or if you uh, or if you had to pick a place to retire sooner which is the theme of this <laughs> podcast where do you think you'd go you know i've always i've i've come to have a deep respect for the people of buffalo because they're very hardworking. they're very industrious and they have embraced change better than any of the Rust Belt cities that I've seen. They've been very quick to embrace uh, the digital shift and are trying to become the tech center of, uh, one of the tech centers at least, of the Northeast. I've always said, and because of my prox- the proximity to Canada, Toronto's only a two hour drive away, plus or minus. Toronto, uh, is that a, a wonderful city? I love Toronto. Mm. I absolutely adore Toronto. It's a very, 
international city that doesn't take a whole lot to visit, mm -hmm. to be honest. It is quintessentially Canadian. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the media capital of the nation. Mm -hmm. And when you walk the streets, you get this very international feeling about uh, about you. you you see other cultures you hear other languages being spoken on the street a multitude of languages and they do such a good job of preserving canadian history one of my favorite places to go is they have an outside of the uh, the rogers center and the cn tower they have an outdoor railway museum mm -hmm. uh where they pay homage to uh how rail ultimately helped to build and expand canada from east to west and have a lot of the old specimens there it's built at an old roundhouse so you can still see how the roundhouse was uh operated mm -hmm. and how you know trains would have come and gone for maintenance roundhouse is where you come in and they shift they yes. point a train to, I, I think i might only know that from my <laughs> kids thomas the train set because we had a roundhouse in that yeah yes but they actually they still have the physical roundhouse there in a museum and if you're in the mood stop over at steam whistle next door it's a craft brewery that Ooh. only does uh that only does lager that's only does, all they do that's by the way i learned in Asheville. what, what was ohio? it called again or north, ohio or north carolina uh north carolina yes hold on steam what was it called steam whistle steam whistle is the brewery yes what's funny is that um i've always joke and my brother is out in la or uh, he lives out in manhattan beach and he's a big craft beer guy. So he right. you know, he's loves every funny named beer of all time, you know. You know, killer rabbit. He he texted me one the other day. I think he's it was like killer chainsaw rabbit bunny beer, <laughs> strawberry flavor. And we so I always make fun of of him and his craft beer addiction or love uh, for all these funny beers. So it, it, to take the opposite stance, I've always said, you know, like I only drink not micro brews, but I only do macro brews. Sure. So just out of, of antithesis, <laughs> I will only have a Miller Lite or a Bud Light. Nothing wrong so, with that. So I've always been very staunch about that for years until I went to Asheville last summer and ended up, and I think it was New Realm, New Realm Brewery, or I think they have Fat Tire or Flat Tire. Yeah, Fat Tire. Fat Tire. Belgian Ale. And, very good. And I went, and the very nice barista guy uh, had like 15 samples or behind him. And I said, you yeah, look, I don't know what those are. Everybody loves this craft beer. I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Can you help me out? And he's like, all right, man. He goes, there's really like the lager and the ale. And those, and there's like a couple different versions of each. He's like, let me just show you what the difference is. And after about like literally like five, 10 minutes in, I was like, I like these a lot. And I really, really dislike these. These are, these are terrible. And he goes, listen, man, you like loggers. And he goes, that's why you like Pennsylvania Yingling, or that's yeah. why you like this. And he's like, that's, he goes, so you think I, I've been, um, the pale ales is what I always would associate craft brewery with. Sure. And I hate, I can't stand that kind of beer. It tastes like, it's, it's like black licorice to me. So when I, when I learned that I liked ale, I stopped hating on breweries. Now I just know I like ale from the brewery. So, or I'm sorry, I like lager. You like lager from the brewery, and that's a whole different topic that we can talk about all day long. Well, maybe next time. Here maybe on next time. Retire sooner. So, Joe Cortez, uh, my friend, editor in chief of FlyerTalk.com. Thank you for putting your stamp on the world. The pleasure has been all mine. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.